From deep in the heart of the swamp, this is Gator Tales, the official podcast of the Florida Gators. Gator Tales is brought to you by UF Health, the official healthcare provider of the Florida Gators. Welcome to Gator Tales, Gator Greats. I'm your host, Adam Schick. On last week's show, we highlighted the journey of the back-to-back national champion softball teams from 2014 and 2015. But this week, we're taking a deeper dive by learning about the personal journeys of two of the brightest stars from those squads, Lauren Hager and Aubrey Monroe. First, let's get to know Lauren Hager, who no doubt met and exceeded the high expectations that came with being one of the top recruits in the nation out of Peoria, Arizona. While softball wasn't necessarily in the blood for the future All-American and National Player of the Year, she took to it immediately once she got a bat in her hand. So I started playing softball when I was, I think, my first coach pitch team. I was seven or eight. And then I started playing competitive softball when I was nine, um, kid pitch. And then I started playing travel ball when I was 10. And then from that point on, I just literally never stopped. Mm. I also played club volleyball and I played basketball in high school. So I was a busy kid. Yeah, it sounds like it. How did you uh, how did you manage to do all of those sports and even get really, really good at one of them in particular when you were kind of spreading your, your time around so many? I think for me, it was always prioritizing. And I never really realized this until later on in my life, probably, you know, after college and stuff that it takes a lot for me to get my wheels turning in my head and for me to be super passionate about something just because I either get bored and I move on or it's not exactly what I want to keep me occupied for a long time. And I realized that the first time I ever became really passionate and the first time I ever had my wheels turn was when I was playing all those sports. And at the end of the day, no matter what, I still made time for softball and I still made time for pitching and hitting. And I look back at my life and I had school and I had school volleyball and club softball. And then I had school softball and club volleyball and because they were kind of opposite seasons. And I never stopped making time to play softball and going to those tournaments and missing everything as a teenager. We talk about that a lot in the softball world that, you know, like I missed everything on Friday nights with my friends because I was driving to California to Mm. play. And we can all, you know, you'll talk to Aubrey and she'll, she didn't have to travel as much because she's from California, but I was from Arizona. So we would travel to California all the time. And I just missed a lot, but I was really passionate about it and it was fun. And so it was okay with me. Mm -hmm. Why, like why softball? Why was softball the route you ultimately chose to go as opposed to volleyball, as opposed to basketball? I mean, you could probably, you probably could have done whatever you wanted. So why did softball get your wheels turning the way that it did? I can't fully answer that question in the fact that like, I don't know why I fell in love with it in the first place. And the fact that like my parents never played baseball or softball, my brother didn't play baseball. Like there wasn't a lot of, you know, I feel like a lot of softball players are influenced by their family members or their sisters or their brothers. Um, a lot of people have those kinds of stories, but for me, it was truly just me. Um, I loved volleyball. I don't think I could tell you which one my favorite sport is, but I was better at softball and I had a better future when it came to softball and because I'm not six five, right? Like you think of an outside hitter at the University of Florida and they're over six foot two easy and our middle blocker six foot eight. And, you know, and, it, and you just don't have the same opportunities. And that was a really hard day when I, you know, had to stop playing volleyball. But my love for them was always the same. 
but I could never stop playing softball. Like that wasn't even an option in my mind. And just getting my goal was to go somewhere and see how great I could be. And I knew that that Florida was the place for me to do that. And so I kind of just followed my heart in that way. So, yeah. When did Florida come on the radar? I mean, I know you were you were a top 10 national recruit. A lot of people wanted you. Um, Which schools were you looking at? And ultimately, why did Florida stand out? So I didn't know really anything about Florida. I'm an Arizona kid. I grew up in an era where Arizona and UCLA were the best softball schools in the nation. And they were right in my backyard. So I had a dream of playing at Arizona. And I had a dream of, you know, playing somewhere. I didn't really know anything about Florida. I wasn't a Gator fan. Um, but my freshman year of high school is when Florida played in the World Series for the first time. So it kind of implanted the University of Florida Gators in my mind. I was like, oh, like I've heard of them before, kind of whatever. And then I started getting recruited in my summer going into my sophomore year is when, you know, a bunch of schools got a bunch of business cards. They saw me play at nationals and I was very overwhelmed. My parents had no idea what was happening just because they're not baseball or softball people. So they were like, really? Like these schools want her attention. (laughs) It was very, and it all happened really, really fast. Um, Noted that the recruiting rules were different. So there were no rules broken. Um, They're different now than they were before, but the I don't know. I wanted, I love college football. That's something I've always loved. We've had Arizona state football tickets my entire life since I was a little baby. So going to college football games was something I really enjoyed and something that was a priority to me. So when I kind of finalized the schools that I wanted to go visit was Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, Texas A&M and Oklahoma state four out of the five are SEC schools. And that's just kind of what was the big priority. I wanted to go to a big school. I wanted to go away from home. Mm-hmm. Um, I set foot on at the campus, you know, in, in Gainesville. And I was like, every single sport here competes for national championships. And that was so cool to me. I saw a football win and that was right before I was getting recruited. And, and then obviously Coach Walton and Coach Rocha and Coach Gladding at the time were a dream come true. So it all just kind of made sense to me. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people like to get away from home, but I mean, for you, that could have been, you know, California, you could have left home and gone far enough away, but you went about as far away as you possibly could. Um, Right. I hope that wasn't a reflection on how you felt about your family, but uh, (laughs) how challenging was it for your family that you were leaving and going so far away and how hard was it for you as well? You know, my obviously my mom was like, really, that's the farthest place away. But it also, like you said, it's a reflection on my family. But I thought it was a good a reflection on my family in a good way. They raised a girl that wasn't scared, that didn't have comfort zones, that was willing to take risks, that was willing to go away and be independent. And that's the way that I like to think about it. And that, that's kind of how my dad was. That is how my mom was. And they were f- really supportive about it because they I had to go to school, right? It was the place I had to go to school for four years, not them. Mm-hmm. And at that point, there was, you know, Gator Vision and ways to watch me play. And we made a trip out west every year that my parents got to come to. And they they were teachers. So on their spring break, they would come to Gainesville. And um, it was four years and it felt like it was going to last forever. But it goes by so fast. Mm -hmm. And they were super supportive about it. I think for me, when I first got to school, obviously, you have friends and you have these people that have been in your life for so long and then all of a sudden you're gone and everyone at home is still hanging out but I have absolutely no regrets on going away I've met so many people I've traveled the world like there's a lot of people at home that I can't relate to anymore because of that and not in a bad way just because I've gotten to experience so much and so 
they were always really supportive and I have no regrets in it at all. I'm so happy that I did it. So when, when you made that journey, you end up in Gainesville and everything is all new to you. Who did you turn to for support? Was there an upperclassman? Was there someone who you sort of, you know, took you under their wing? Um, I think when I first got to Gainesville, it was more just the people in my class. We had a big freshman class of seven. So I felt like there was a lot of support in that way. I wasn't the only one that came from far away. You know, I had Katie Medina and Justin Nico. Um, They came from across the country as well. Um, I wouldn't say there was a single person, but just as a whole, I felt supported. And as much as you feel alone or whatever, I'm lucky enough that I got to school and automatically I had 20 friends, Mm -hmm. right? Like you automatically go into a team of people that went through what you did or going through the same thing. And so that felt really, really great. But honestly, I feel like I leaned on my freshman class more than anyone else. In terms of the transition, was it tougher transitioning to being a college athlete and the, the game speed and whatnot, or was it just being a college student that presented the, the most challenges for you? I could go with both. I find them very different. I feel like the classroom was always difficult for me, like sitting in a classroom all day. It was always really hard, and that part was really hard, and making sure that I was up to the standards you know, of Coach Walton and you know, just at being at UF. And so, But then on the softball side of things, like the game was so different. I come from, I came from, you know, Phoenix is a big city, but I threw 70 miles an hour when I left high school and that was all I had to do, but I got to college and that didn't matter anymore. There was so many other parts to pitching. And I think I felt it more as a pitcher than I did at any other position. And I had to step up in a role that I don't necessarily think that I was going to happen right away. Um, when Brittany Schutte, a two-time All-American breaks her jaw your freshman year and I, she's batting in front of me as she should be. And all of a sudden she's gone and I move up in the lineup and I'm a freshman at the university of Florida having to be in the fourth spot, right? Like that is a huge responsibility that I wasn't necessarily thinking I had to do yet. And so that was a little bit challenging and it was challenging as a pitcher a ton because I pitched, started pitching really late in my career, you know, softball career. I was 13 when I started pitching competitively. I picked up a softball to start pitching really when I was almost 12 years old. And I took lessons for a year before I felt like I had the hang of it to, you know, go into games and make a difference or an impact. But that was, I was still learning. I still had so much to learn when it came to being a pitcher. And so the game was hard. Yes. Being a college student was hard. Yes. Managing your time was hard. Yes. At a school like Florida, it is hard. Your expectation is so high. I'm not complaining. I loved it, obviously. I thrive in that situation. But it does add a lot of pressure, and it's what we love to do. But it was all challenging right away. And then you start to get the hang of it. When you look at the way your senior year wrapped up, you win National Player of the Year, Most Outstanding Player at the World Series, nominated for an SB against LeBron for Best Championship Performance. Um, when you look back at all of that, how are you able to get to that level? I think, again, just I finally reached my point of the reason why I came to the University of Florida. I wanted to see how good I could be. And I finally felt like I was there. I finally felt like I was there mentally. My maturity was there. My physical you know, athleticism was there. I had the tools that I finally needed mentally, physically, as a hitter, 
knowing how to separate the two. I felt like I had to hold on. I needed this amount of seconds after I, you know, struck out to go back out there and get three outs. And I finally had to hold on that. I had the trust of our head coach to win and to trust me and, Hey, this isn't working or I feel like this will work better. And Aubrey and I being completely on the same page and every single time, I, I don't think I shook off a pitch because Rocha and I were just on like, she taught me so much about pitch calling and why that was important. And, you know, these hitters that she studied over and over again and trusting her. And I really feel like every time I was like, all right, I want to throw this. I hope she calls this boom. She calls it. There was just so many moments like that. It was just so cool how everything came together, how everything was planned. Um, and it just goes to show though, that like, I can't knock the fact that I worked harder than I ever have. I worked harder. I was at the field way longer than I ever had been. And I was way more involved than I ever had been. Um, you know me, I'm very go with the flow, happy go lucky, like here for a good time kind of person. And I felt like I was still able to be that, but I was still able to be focused and I was still able to be a player in the game and changing with the game inning by inning. And, um, it was just a cool moment for me that I finally felt like everything I worked for kind of just all meshed together. Looking back kind of big picture at everything, do you have a favorite game, a favorite moment from your career? Oh, you can't ask me that. <laughs> well, I can, uh, and I just did. I can, and I will. <laughs> um, a favorite moment is obviously going to be like the dog pile, right? Like, yeah. And not in the first dog pile was so different because I wasn't at the bottom. I've never been at the bottom of a dog pile, FYI, in my whole life. Most people and haven't, so, in fairness. Right. That's true. <laughs> um, and for me, it was just like, it was so different because I just had accomplished every childhood dream that I ever could. And then we did it again. And I was like, what the heck just happened? It was more just like, did that just happen again? I think I was just more in shock. Like, how did this happen again? And so those moments are obviously way up there. The moment of... Coach Rocha coming to the back of the bus and telling me that I won SEC Pitcher of the Year was like insane because we just looked at each other like, what the heck? Like, I never thought in a million years that that's what I would win because I've always been a two-way player. But it was a moment that I was being recognized as a, just a pitcher and, a, you know, a good one. And it in the SEC at that time was you were facing an All-American every single weekend. And so that was really special for us. And that was really special to me. And that will always hold a separate place in my heart. But there's too many moments. You can't do that. <laughs> I try not to be cliche, but like, that's what you work for is the natties. And man, right. those feel so good. Yeah. No, I, I, that's a, I don't think anyone would argue with that answer. That's a very fair right. answer. Um, okay. So you move on, you finish college, then almost immediately you're going into, into pro. So what was it like moving on to the NPF, playing in that league, and, and, and ultimately, how did it differ from college? Yeah, so that happened three days later. Wow. Three days later, I was on a plane to Texas, and they wanted me there even a day sooner. And I was like, I just need a break. Like, I need a second. Like, give me a day to really celebrate. I just really wasn't done celebrating um, and taking everything happy for those moments. But, you know, I got there on a red eye, and... My GM was like, all right, you're going to pitch tonight and you're pitching against Cat Osterman. And I was like, okay. Um, sure. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> sure. And it was like a big deal. Like at that, and for me, I had just pitched, I don't know, 30 something games and played the entire season. 
it's a long season. It's a lot physically. It's a lot mentally. It's a lot emotionally. And, you know, playing in the MPF for so, you know, for a few years, you kind of realize that rookies never really have a great year um, just because they just come off a season of 60 plus games. And that's a lot. And so my first game in the first inning, I gave up a home run to Andrea Duran. So that was awesome. <laughs> and then my first at-bat against Kat Osterman, I struck out in three pitches. And that was awesome. <laughs> and yeah, so at least if that's going to happen, it happened to the, my idols, right? The people that I looked up to playing on the USA team and stuff like that. But from that moment on, I just, it was, the MPF was fun because you got to all of a sudden be friends with all these people that you never thought you ever would or went to schools uh to your rival schools and you're like i don't like you guys but you're awesome and i'm so happy we're friends and i've learned so much everyone comes from such different programs and learning the way that other programs do things and are successful it's just it's a cool experience and you mature there and you learn so much about the game there because each player is so good and you play with players who've been playing forever so i played three years on the charge and one year at scrapyard fast pitch and that was my pro career. Hmm. Another college, another collegiate, four years. Yeah, yeah, four years. So four years professionally, and you put that in the past. Tell Gator Nation what you're doing today and, and what's next for you. So I am right now currently giving pitching and hitting lessons full-time at the Softball Project in Charlotte, North Carolina, which another Gator owns, Kelsey Bruder. Hmm. Um, Bruder Brinson, she's been married since then. Um, but her and her husband opened this facility where he runs the CrossFit side. There's a CrossFit gym and a softball, indoor softball facility on the other side, which is really, really awesome. I still travel around and do camps and clinics around the nation, you know, with the package deal and on my own. I love it. And I've really fallen in love with youth sports. I fell in love with you know, travel ball. And I coach travel ball now Wow! with a bunch of eighth grade and ninth graders. So <laughs> really a full fun. circle. Oh, they're so fun. And I love it. And I found a passion for it. And they're good kids. I'm surrounded by other great coaches. And I love it. And people might think I'm crazy for that. But I love kids. And I love, I love middle schoolers. <laughs> I do. No one loves middle and schoolers. Right. And so I'm like, am I that person that loves middle schoolers? And I do. I think they're so great. And I think my kids are great. I'm spoiled. And the parents are awesome. And I'm spoiled there too. So that's what I'm doing. And that's what I plan on doing for a while. I love what I do. I have a lot of time to get to travel and stuff that I still love to do in my 20s. And so it's exactly where I want to be. And I love Charlotte. It's a great place. Well, Lauren, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for sharing all your stories with us. And uh, good luck as you continue uh, spreading the softball gospel. Thank you so much. It was a good time, Chick. I miss you. A great pitcher is nothing without a strong catcher. And Hager was certainly lucky to have Aubrey Monroe behind the plate, who now holds the same position for Team USA. The left coast native made quite the journey to be a Gator, and she subsequently went quite a long way as a player during her time wearing the orange and blue. Um, so I grew up in Brea, California. Um, it's in Orange County. So um, I grew up there with my mom, my older sister. Uh, my parents got divorced when I was a kid. So we actually lived with my grandparents for a while. And like, that's just important because my grandpa has been like, so important to the way I was raised. And like, 
just staples for my family um, and things that I believe in today. So that's kind of why I bring that up. Um, but mom got remarried. So now I, I have younger siblings as well. So I'm one of five crazy family with a big age gap. Um, I played travel ball for the SoCal Athletics from my sophomore year of high school till I finished high school. Um, we won three PGF national championships. Um, I committed to UF in May of my sophomore year, like a verbal commitment. And what's funny, I actually, Coach Walton never heard this story until like, gosh, I think I was doing a camp with him in 17. Like as a student coach, we went and did a camp somewhere and I was telling the story and he's just looking at me like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Um, But I had gone on a visit to Alabama and I'd gone on my visit to Florida and I had loved Alabama actually. I really, really liked it in Tuscaloosa. I was like, wow, this is so cool. It's so different from where I grew up. Um, And then I went to Florida, but my Florida trip was super fast. Like my mom and I came in on a red eye, left on a red eye, like crazy, super fast trip. It was so hot. And my mom was thinking like, there's no way Aubrey's coming to Florida. It's like so hot and gross here, but just like weather-wise. And I ended up liking both schools the same. I was actually there the weekend that Francesca and Naya got engaged. I was oh, there wow. for their senior weekend. Yeah. So that was fun. And I'm watching softball like two weeks later. There's a replay game on and I'm just sitting at home and it's Florida versus Alabama. Mm-hmm. Go figure. And Coach Walton loses his mind <laughs> on a play at the plate. Like I, I couldn't tell you what happened. I have no idea. I just remember watching him go crazy on an umpire and for some reason I was like I want to play for that guy I have to be there (laughs) he totally goes to bat for his team like I want to play for that guy and I called him the next day and I was just like I want to be a gator and so I did that my sophomore year of high school and then the whole official visit my senior year that's when I the first time I really met any of my classmates. Mm-hmm. So I met Taylor Fuller, Taylor Schwartz, Kirsten Merritt, Kelsey Stewart. Like uh, that was the first time that we had ever met and hung out. And so didn't really know. I mean, it was kind of like we met, we hung out. We're like, wow, it's so exciting. Like now we're Facebook friends and all that. But like we didn't really like talk a ton until we got there still. Like we weren't all like talking all the time. But so I didn't even know when we first met that like our class was going to be as special as it ended up being. Mm -hmm. In terms of softball, when did you start playing? What inspired you to start playing? When did you get serious about it? And how did you know it was going to be a a huge part of your life? I started t-ball at four years old. My older sister played, my my mom and all my aunts had played. I mentioned my grandpa before. Um, he was their, their coach. He was like a staple in the community where I grew up, just as like, you know, Bob Monroe was like the guy in the softball community where I grew up. So my whole family, like all the women in my family played. And so my sister played at that point and my mom kind of needed me to like get out and do something. When I was a kid, I was scared to try anything new. Like I didn't want to be signed up for anything. I didn't want to do anything new. And so my mom signed me up for softball because I was at least a little comfortable with it. I'd seen my sister play. I'd been out at the field. Um, so I started playing t-ball and then, um, I asked my mom, I was like, mom, can I move up to AU after that year? I was like, I'm over this t-ball stuff. And so I moved up to AU. My mom coached our team. I was not very good. I don't know where I got the confidence to not want to hit off a tee anymore (laughs) because I still wasn't that good. Um, But then that was, I actually started catching when I was six years old because 
we had one of the harder throwing pitchers in our division and our other catcher started crying before a game, like right before a game, she comes up to my mom, she's crying. She's like, coach Denise, like Jenna throws too hard. (laughs) And I was the only person that my mom could force back there because I was her kid. Right. You know, (laughs) she's like, Aubrey, what do you think about catching? Like, I'm like, uh, what do you mean? I'm six (laughs) years old. And she's like, you get wear the gear and go back there. I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah. I'll try it. <laughs> so I put the gear on and I'm like, let's go. I'll do my best. My mom tells me right before I go out there, she goes, just keep your glove up. <laughs> and so I get out there and the first like two pitches hit me right in the stomach. And Ooh. no, like everybody comes running out. They're all scared. Like Jenna, our little poor, this poor eight year old pitcher who throws hard is scared for me. And she's like, everyone's nervous. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't feel a thing. This is so cool. And so I started catching that year and um, fell in love with the game through that process. Um, And I've just been catching ever since. And what's funny is that Jenna, she ended up transferring to A&M. And so I actually got to play against her in college. Oh, wow. It was full circle. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. So in terms of, you talked about sort of the journey to to get to UF and again, the, uh, the, the moment where you realized it was for you. What do you remember about that time when you were transitioning and sort of getting used to being on the other side of the country, being, you know, getting into college? I mean, how difficult was that period for you as you adjusted to, you know, life on and off the field? Um, it was actually a lot more difficult than I had expected. Um, I originally did not want to go across the country. I was very much a homebody. But my older sister went to school in South Carolina and had come back and was just like, oh, my gosh, Aubrey, there's like a whole other world out there. We can always come home. And I was very like, it totally opened my eyes to opportunities. So I ended up fully across the country and um, I got a lot more homesick than I expected that first year. I loved the the experience and like being a part of a big program uh, comes with that. I mean, football games mm. and um, my teammates and all that stuff. It was so exciting. Um, but at the same time, I was very aware, like I'm, I want to play softball. So I didn't, I don't think I really felt fully like immersed in like the Florida Gator culture until like it was spring season. Mm-hmm. And so that was something that I didn't really expect. I didn't, and just kind of in the middle of it was very, um, it's just kind of a lot, you know? And, yeah. and Coach Walton's a tough coach. He has high expectations, which is what I love. But at the same time, I think I had set a lot of very high expectations for myself that I probably wasn't quite ready to fulfill or it was a little bit in over my head. Um, Just, I mean, when you think about it from all aspects, like the strength training and um, just like being 18 and then you're playing against people that are, you know, 22, 23 sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, there's just a big difference in, in build and just strength. And so I, I don't think I really accounted for that. And I, I struggled a lot mentally my freshman year just really put the expectations on myself and when I didn't feel like I was fulfilling those I felt pretty lost actually but at the same time we were having a great year Mm -hmm. Um, we weren't expected to have a good year we weren't expected on paper we had um, some players were removed the year before so we had a very young team a very inexperienced team I think at that point we had three players that had ever been to the world series and Hannah Ensley and Kelsey Horton so it's like we have three people that have been to the World Series, but our goals are the World Series, and we have a very young team. Uh, most of our class was like, I mean, I remember Kirstie Merritt, who was a four-year starter, made Sports Center like five times, <laughs> and she's like, I think I'm going to be a pinch runner. We're like, 
I look back on that. I'm like, Gracie, are you kidding me? <laughs> She's one of my best friends. And I'm just like, that's a joke that you thought you're going to be a pinch runner. But we were fortunate timing wise. There were a lot of opportunities opened up for our class. And so we were able to make an impact right away. So we were having a good year. We made it to the World Series. We won the SEC. We won the SEC tournament. So it was kind of this weird feeling for me where I was pretty disappointed in my personal performance for the year. But it was so much fun going on that ride and being exposed to like real college softball Mm -hmm. in the SEC. Mm -hmm. So it was just like for me personally, it was a weird, just a weird balance between, okay, I want to be better. Like this is not, this isn't my best. This isn't what I want my experience to be fully, but like, holy cow, this was so fun. Mm -hmm. With that, after that first year, I really went home. I worked with my dad every single day the following summer hitting and just I was like I never want my offense to keep me out of lineup again because I really felt like I could make a difference in the game especially behind the plate so I was like I'm never letting my offense keep me out of the game ever again and um, I came back my sophomore year and we were just on a mission. Well you were pretty successful in that mission and you get to the World Series where you famously homered off of Jackie Trano who is an All-American despite having only hit two homers all year both of which for almost four months earlier on Valentine's Day. Uh, how do you explain that? You know, it's, uh, it's one of the, obviously like one of the top moments of my career, like just given what I went through and experienced my freshman year of just feeling like I, my game was not complete that I like, I really needed to step up and like on the offensive side of my game and like really find the hitter that I wanted to be. Um, cause I really, to that point, which sounds crazy cause I was at Florida. It's like, to that point, I didn't really know who I was as a hitter I didn't really have like a philosophy that I stuck to because I was like bored I was almost like over too coachable so I was like too many random things of a swing and so I went home that summer and worked with my dad every day because I was so focused on being able like I did not want my offense to keep me out of the game and so I really, really stuck to a plan that year. And my numbers, like, I'm, like, doubled my batting average, which is borderline embarrassing. <laughs> um, because it, it's not like, oh, I hit 400. <laughs> no, I doubled it and, like, still wasn't hitting 300, but still. Um, <laughs> but it was really cool to have that moment. One, I couldn't tell you, like, what the pitch was, where, like, what I saw coming in. I just can tell you that when I hit it, it felt like, nothing and everything all at once and it was like I hit it I start running and I'm like that could go out I'm like no you better haul butt like you don't hit the ball out (laughs) (laughs) so I was just sprinting watching that ball like hoping it would go out (laughs) and coming around the bases like giving coach a high five and coming into the play with my whole I mean and everyone what's cool what's actually coach Walton talked to me about this one time he was like everyone's so excited for you and it's like a it's like a two-edged thing because it's like they're so excited because it doesn't happen that much. Right. <laughs> but it's also they're so excited. It's so genuine and so loving. So that's really what it kind of felt like. And it was cool. Um, my Both my parents were actually sitting in the front row of that game. And they brought the – obviously, they bring the ball to your parents when you hit a home run at the World Series. And so um, my mom and my dad – my dad had, like, tears in his eyes. He just, he's not a crier. And he was just, like – just because he was with me all summer, really mm-hmm. helping me, like, just figure out who I wanted to be. And um, I remember looking up, I was sitting on the bar of the dugout and I looked up and I could see him and we're both looking at each other like, did that just happen? <laughs> like, is that real life? Like, and it's funny, I've watched the, I've watched the game since then. And I think Mendoza is 
commentating and she said something about like right in right in Monroe's wheelhouse or something like that. I remember telling my mom, I was like, Mom, I didn't know I had a wheelhouse. Are you <laughs> right. kidding me? And Jessica Mendoza is talking about my wheelhouse. <laughs> like, is this a joke? <laughs> I want to fast forward to talk about 2016, your senior year, uh, when the pressure was really intense and, and everyone seemed to just expect that your class would finish with a championship and go out back to back to back three in a row. Looking back on that last year now, how do you view it? There's a lot to that year, I think. Like, I look back on, there's some things that I would do differently. Like, I just, like, being out of it now and just, like, really understanding, like, what, I don't know, what all that means. Like, I feel like we had almost too sharp of a focus on the end goal sometimes. And again, this is just me. I can't really speak for, for everybody in my class. I just feel like we knew what it took. So it's like, there was this balance between, we know what it takes, just get on, get on board and let's go. Like we can do this. Cause we had so much talent on that team. And that was Amanda Lorenzo's freshman year, Kelly Barnhill's freshman year. Mm-hmm. And they came, they went on to be just absolute stud Gator greats. So it's like, we had a lot of talent on that team still. Um, but I think sometimes we, it was a balance cause I feel like we were good leaders in our experience, but at the same time, I feel like we could have, we could have brought people along a little bit better because it's, it's just so much fun, you know, and you get so wrapped up. And I think the pressure kind of created that a little bit on us. I mean, we, we were like, we have to get back. We were feeling that kind of pressure. We were feeling this pressure that like, you know, the last two classes went out on top. We want that too. When it's like, we were still a part of two championship teams going out on top. Doesn't, I mean, it's definitely sweeter, but it's, there's, I mean, you can't take away that we're already back-to-back champions. So it was, I think we just put too much pressure on ourselves. I remember coach Walton had a meeting with us. He brought the seniors in and he just wanted to talk to us and like try to chill us out a little bit because nobody was talking about it really. Like nobody was like, because again, it was just a given. It was just what we do. Like we're going to win. We're, and we understood that it was small goals first. Like, okay, uh, we want to win the SEC. Check. You know, we want to We want to do this. We want to, okay, regionals, super regionals in the world. We knew that there was small goals first before you get to the World Series. Like we knew that process. But it wasn't, I don't think we were really talking about, I mean, we were all chasing, I can't remember who, like Asia and Megan Bush's class, whatever their record was, we were chasing that. I mean, I read the press releases after every game, you know, I, I would read those things and kind of see what, what the pulse was. And it would, you know, that was one of the notes is that our class was gaining on that record. And it got, to, I mean, I mean, Kirstie would be doing the math in our apartment. <laughs> like, all right, so if we win this many games. And it was like, and that was early before things got crazy. And so Coach Walton just brought us in and he was like, look, you guys are putting so much pressure on yourselves. Mm-hmm. And he, he looked, I mean, he looked us dead in the eye and he was like, you guys will not touch their mark because we can't play that many games anymore. Right. Like they had changed the schedules. I mean, they used to play 70 something games. And so he's like, you can't get there. So just relax. And it wasn't like a mean thing. It was just like a very logical right. chill out kind of moment. And it was like, we took so much pride in our program, in the impact that we wanted to make that I think that pressure to go out the way that we had, we wanted the way we went out to represent our entire career. And I just think that's a lot to put on our yourself mm-hmm. because there's just so many factors. And, and honestly, it's, it's so greedy. I look back and I'm like, gosh, you're so greedy. Like, <laughs> 
Like there's so many talented players, like people that are absolute studs in our sport that never won. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, my four years, there were only two schools that won. It was Oklahoma, us, us and Oklahoma. Right. Right. So it's like, that's insane. And so, I mean, it makes you really greedy. Success. It just does. Like, you just want more of it. You Mm -hmm. just want to all, you want to go out on top. So I think we just put a lot of pressure on ourselves and, um, it was a blast. I mean, I've never felt more loved on a softball field than my senior day. Um, and then when we went back with team USA, was that February? Um, that would be like the second most loved I've ever felt on a softball field. I mean, it was just so incredible. And the number of people that said things like, just like when I've been there for, like I went up for senior weekend last year and people see me around the field and the park and they're so kind. I mean, people are always just like, people have said, oh, do you love the new stadium? And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm, it's beautiful. And they say things like, well, you helped build this place. And which is like, very kind of people to say, but like I chose Florida because people like Megan Bush, Stacey Nelson, Francesca, like all those people that came before me, like they're the reason I even wanted to go to Florida. Right. Like they put Florida on the map. And so um, for people to see me as a part of that history that built up what they have now is so special. The number of people that came through the autograph line and said, hey, welcome home. I It's, it's really kind of an indescribable feeling because it truly like Gainesville, uh, in Katie Seashell Presley Stadium is truly, I feel so at home when I'm there. So while 16 was a disappointing end, I couldn't have asked for much more out of a career. Well, and then a lot of careers end. Yours continues to Team USA. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what that experience has been like for you? How is it differed from college? The international game itself is different. Like just kind of the style of play is a little different. I mean, you're dealing with language barriers. I mean, just a like a silly example is like the umpires don't always speak English. <laughs> and as a catcher, I'm like, I'll like try to ask a question. I'm like, oh wait, like you're Japanese. Like you speak <laughs> Japanese. Like you don't know what I'm saying. Or um or sometimes there's like accents. I mean, I've we've had some like Latino umpires and I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. What'd you say? Like I, I, they just this like thick accent. So that's a piece that like, I didn't expect to even be a thing. And I had to adjust to that, which has been kind of fun. Um, I've had to get creative, uh, but it's just different. And I think it's the pride of wearing USA. Like I've always, it was always a dream. I knew it would be an honor, but when you're actually wearing USA across your chest, and like you hear the national anthem or better yet you hear the national anthem and you're on the podium with a medal around your neck Mm -hmm. it's unlike anything i've ever experienced so i just think there's a level of like emotional pride that comes with it and it's just we have a really good group of people it's a unique process like yeah people are recruited to come play in college but it's you're young like you're still i feel like your first few years of college a lot of people are trying to figure themselves out like they're away from home. There's so many different things. And then by the end of college, like you kind of settle into who you want to be. And so it's like on this team with USA, like these are a bunch of grown women. They pretty much know who they are. They know their process. They know what they're good at. Like it's a different kind of like conversation, you know? Mm -hmm. So that aspect has been really fun. Um, I've built some really cool relationships with people post-college with team USA, but it truly is a dream come true. I watched Team USA play on their tour stop in 04. And that's when I started dreaming of playing for Team USA. And for a while, college was was going to be it because it wasn't in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. So I, 
you know, I chose Florida because I wanted to win a national championship. And I mean, I got so much more out of it than that. Gosh, I feel when I tell people that I'm like, uh, I feel like silly saying it out loud, but that's why I chose Florida. And I got so much more out of it. I mean, my education, my experiences, my connections, my just the family that I received from that program is unbelievable. So, and I truly believe like I would not be playing for Team USA had I not gone to Florida and had those experiences and grew the way that I did and had Coach Walton to like guide me and kind of just assist in so many ways. So being on Team USA, I feel like um, I just learned so much from college and like how to compete, how to being a professional in softball is kind of tough, like learning, learning to be a professional, how to conduct yourself, um, how to go about your business. And I feel like I was really prepared for that because of my experiences with coach Walton at Florida. But I just think it's a dream come true to be playing for team USA, um, to be a future Olympian. Gosh, it's, it's crazy to even say it out loud. Right. (laughs) And I know that that future was supposed to be a few months from now, um, obviously that's not happening until next year. What's that been like for you and, and your teammates? Cause I mean, you're, you're so geared up. Everyone's been waiting for, you know, 12 years for softball to be back in 2020 to have to wait a little bit longer. How, how frustrating has that been for, for you and, and your teammates? Um, I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's really frustrating, <laughs> but, um, I mean, obviously health, it's one of those things where it's like, it's kind of like when I talked about being greedy about over like winning a third championship, it's like, First off, I'm just grateful that they didn't cancel. Like how right. that would have been so devastating for our sport, especially because we haven't we haven't been in and we're not going to be in for 2024. It's like I look at myself and my teammates and I'm like, how are we in this window <laughs> of time? And so they first off, I have to remind myself to be grateful that they didn't cancel, that this dream is still alive. And it's just it's just a little later. <laughs> if it was worth 12 <laughs> years away, it'll be worth one more. Right. It was it was an adjustment mentally because you just start thinking about you like you said you're just you're gearing up for something big and it's been a long wait and I think the anticipation gets to be a lot but we're just trying to stay focused on the goal you know just because it's in 2021 doesn't mean our goal changes so just trying to stay positive and I mean everyone's kind of shut down right now so workouts are our home workouts you know trying to figure that out and just kind of do what we can to stay in shape so that when we do get together, we don't have to skip a beat. Um, But we've been just trying to stay connected. We get on a zoom call with our team, like just the team, just the, just the players uh, about once a week and just kind of, we're just trying to use this time to connect and continue to build culture. Even if we can't, you know, get out on a field and practice together and practice our, like just the softball stuff. But I think what's, if we can take advantage of this time, like the stuff that we're learning about each other now, the stuff that we're focusing on, the stuff that we're uh, really being intentional about connecting, like that could be the very things that we lean on, like in a gold medal game. You know, it's 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 building trust. It's building um, just better, deeper relationships that allow us to compete better on the field. So for all we know, this could be the time that we're going to look back on and be like, dang, that was it. That was like, that was the thing. Mm-hmm. That was the glue. Who knows? Well, Aubrey, you've had an incredible career and uh, it is still ongoing. So thank you so much for your time. And uh, we look forward to seeing you in Tokyo 2021, 2021. Thanks, Adam. We hope you've enjoyed learning more about these Florida legends and encourage you to come back next week as we'll unwind more championship sagas from the recent history of the program. Until then, I'm Adam Schick. 
Thanks for joining us for Gator Tales, Gator Greats.